Halashin for Halas? Want to braai or fine dine? Stay tuned to High FM on 101.9. Join Adrian Bagatti for Essen Fresen Tuesday mornings from 11 a.m. where it's all about the food. Good morning and welcome to the Essen Fresen show. I'm Adrian Bagatti, your host for today. Just a reminder that you can reach us via Telegram 061-895-1019 or SMS us 34519. SMSs are charged at 1 Rand 50. Or you can send us an email to onair at chayafm.com. So this winter morning, I thought we'd have a look at all the holidays that are being planned. Everybody's coming up now, vacation. And how do you plan for this? How do you plan your meals? And how do you plan, you know, what you're going to take with you? Now, for those of us who are kosher, it's a little bit more complicated. But even if you're not kosher, I think as Jews in general, we tend to over-cater for everything. And often we find ourselves going on holiday with stuff that we actually don't need or that we can get wherever we're going. Um, I know the point of a holiday is not to be going to the store or anything like that, but it just makes traveling a little less complicated if you don't have to take a million things in the car with you. Um, it's enough to take the family and all the suitcases. So I was thinking about how most people would plan if they weren't kosher and how would we plan for those of us that are kosher when we're going away. So the first rule for kosher definitely is it has to be self-catering because, you know, we're not getting takeout, we're not doing restaurants. But what happens if you're going on a vacation and you're on a budget? Going out to restaurants is not going to be an easy thing. And we don't want to all go out to restaurants every single meal or every single day. But you don't want to spend the day cooking, um, you know, while you're on vacation. You know, he, I always used to say, I didn't do it at home. Why would I do it while I went away? And that's an important thing to think about is that... Um, when you're planning your holiday and you're planning on you know going out and everything nobody wants to meal plan for a holiday but i think if you don't to a certain extent it's going to cost a lot more for your vacation than what you probably budgeted for um, and it is very tempting while you're on holiday to just pop into the nearest takeout place, get some food ordered, or go on holiday. Well, you know, go on a holiday, go to a restaurant, that's what you're there for. But holidays need to be planned for not only in terms of food, but in terms of finance as well. And vacations don't usually come as a surprise. So if you've got school-going kids, you're going to need to plan a little more carefully for that. You know your timetable at the beginning of the year. And my suggestion is always to begin saving for your next holiday the day you leave for your first holiday. So as soon as everything's paid, start putting away more money, you know, so that it's not going to affect your budget too greatly when you do go on holiday. And then the type of foods that you want to take with and the ones that you want to be able to buy there. So for the most part, if you're not keeping kosher, buying things at the nearest store there is great. 
but please remember to take your bags with you so that you don't land up spending extra money on grocery bags and um, the prices keep going up and it's it's actually quite scary so that's an important thing but for those of us who are kosher it takes a little bit more careful planning besides the plastic plates and the plastic knives and forks we kind of have to take most of our food with us whether it's meat for brise depending on where you're going if you're in like somewhere mainstream like cape town or durban you can get the kosher product but if you're somewhere like um Mpova province or one of the or um, you know one of those in pumalanga then getting kosher food not a such a simple thing and the more traveling that i'm doing as you know to these um, remote vacation spots the more i'm thinking about how we have struggled for so long to go on a decent vacation you know that's not going to cost the earth and still have a great experience so in the past you could only go self-catering there was no option there's no it was nothing available for you to get freshly made food so even if you were spending a fortune going to one of the fancy luxury resorts, you still landed up with your little tinfoil boxed meal and no guarantee the quality inside. Um, and part of the reason is not just the caterers. I know people tend to blame that. But the problem is that you're giving the chef in the kitchens who have no understanding of kashrut, you're giving them a tinfoil wrapped package that they cannot see inside and you're telling them to reheat it and not to open it up so the food that they're going to present is often reheated to the point where it's quite dried out and they have no idea what they're serving so they can't even judge because they can't open they can't judge how long it needs to take to be you know cooked and things like that and and that's something we need to sort of that mindset of well that's what we're going to have on holidays these prepackaged meals and hopefully it won't be off or overcooked or it'll be edible whatever the reason is we've gotten so used to eating whatever's put in front of us because there is no option or having to cook for days at home beforehand so that you've taken your prepacked foods down with you and the family isn't god forbid going to starve while they're on a holiday. So it's something to think about um, if you can, is how do you go about slowly planning? And one of the things is, like I said, the pre-cooked meals, but the pre-cooked meals can be frozen months in advance if you need mm -hmm. to. You're listening to the Essen Fresen show on Chai FM. I'm Adrian Bugatti, your host. Whether you are halishing for halas or wanting to bry or fine dine, this is Essen Fresen with Adrian Bugatti. It's all about the food. Welcome back. I'm Adrian Bugatti, and we've been talking about vacation food and going away. So previously, I mean, we, everybody used to laugh and say we were going for a week and we would have a trailer as well as a car. And the trailer was mostly my kitchen. So I had stuff be packed in milk crates. I had two milk crates for meat and two milk, well, one milk crate for meat, one milk crate for meat, milk when the kids were small. And in it, I had two pots and a frying pan and a couple of utensils to cook with, very minimal. And then I would take my slow cooker. And then if you're going away over Shabbos, we'd have to pack the urn. And then we would have to, you know, make sure that 
we had time switches and that everything was ready before Shabbos and it wasn't going to dry out. And it just took a lot of planning, all the little bits of stuff that you needed. Um, in a way, it has paid off. Uh, we did once go to somewhere where there was no store in the nearby. Your nearest store was an hour drive on a dirt road. So thankfully, we pretty much had everything all cooked. The only thing I didn't cook, uh, we had potatoes that we would do in tin foil and small things like that that you were able to do. Um, and my kosher traveling kit was built up very slowly. One of the things that I was quite adamant about is it doesn't come into my kitchen. And the reason being is that as much as you cashed the kitchen where you were working or wherever you were, your freelance, you know, your holiday vacation, your self-catering was, you didn't know who'd been using the stoves and ovens. You didn't know if they'd left the day before. And so whatever you made still had to be wrapped so that you could put it in an oven or something like that, which is not the most pleasant thing to do. Once again, you sort of um, redoing the the kitchen. You, you're putting your food in the oven that's already cooked. You can't judge it because you had to double wrap it, wrap it and all that kind of thing. And we schlepped these pop crates around everywhere we went. Paper plates, plastic knives and forks, except for Shabbos. I even had cutting board and a bread knife and all those kind of things. So thankfully, that's a thing of a past. My mother has and my brother have bought a vacation place. And this time we were able to go. I don't know what the x-ray people at the, the airport would have thought of it. I had one pot, one frying pan and some utensils in my suitcase. And my husband had the same in his for meat and milk. And we've got a cupboard and we've left it there, all locked up nicely. So our next vacation is much less of a worry. Um, but we still had meat in the suitcase and things like that. So it was quite a, a, an interesting and a different way to go because I would never have flown before because there's just too much stuff to take with. And this time I was able to easily take everything and we came home with lighter suitcases than we left which is usually not the way it happens that's an important thing that when you're going away know where you're going and i also found in the past that having this pre-packed box that didn't change from year to year just gave me a sense of comfort that i wasn't out of my element that i could enjoy my holiday slightly more because i had everything with me the bare essentials but at least i could peel my vegetables and chop them and do whatever I needed when we were away. And that thing has done us proud. I mean, we've had it all over the place. My son used it when he was working in Harder Beer Sport and had to set up his own apartment. So he used the holiday, the vacation things while he was, for the six months he was there. And now it's made its way down to Sharker's Rock and it'll be staying there. And I compare it to the vacations that catering for as a mashkicha in um, Limpopo, in Nelspray, sort of in the Mpumalanka provinces. And these are all luxury places. And what they've done is, besides the fact that the tour company that I work with has bought huge kits, so I do sometimes drive with more than what I used to take on holiday. My last trip, there were five fish container boxes filled with cutlery and crockery because it was for a family of five and it was for three days in the middle of nowhere. Um, the nearest shop is about an hour and a half to two hours away. And so you make do with what you have. And there the planning is a little different. The company will send me the menu 
and I'll have a look at what it is, adjust it, change it, whatever, to make it suitable for kosher. But not only that, what about making it suitable for the equipment that you have on hand? So whether it's my kits that go with me to the game reserves or it's the little holiday kit, you can't plan your meals or make anything unless you know what's in that kit. And you can't decide, say, to make a gazpacho and you don't have a stick blender or anything in the kit to chop up the vegetables. Let me tell you, making gazpacho by hand is a lot of work. Been there, done that, got the t-shirt and not doing it again. So, so that's an important thing to remember that we um, have planning and things to take into advice. And then these luxury places that I'm at, we have to remember that for most of us in South Africa, these are not affordable places. Their, their pricing is out of the South African budget. Um, and that's one of the fun things that I love about planning for these um, trips is that I can have free range with the menu. So what will happen is the resort will send me their fixed menu and then we look at it and we decide, right, what have we got in on a hand? What equipment is available? And what is the skill of the person cooking? Now, is it going to be the lodge chef? Is it going to be me? And I'm not a chef. Then the menus are going to change quite a lot. Um, one of the more recent ones that I've done is um, I was given two chefs um, for the kosher kitchen. And the food quality is... You couldn't tell the difference between what we were serving as kosher and what the non-kosher guests were having. The quality and the presentation and everything was just as good. Yes, so our cutlery is not the fanciest and the plates are plastic, but at least it's all there. And let me tell you, this kit is full. I have, I think it's 24 plates for meat, 24 plates for milk. I've got like three sets of cutlery and crockery plus the serving platters, the frying pans, the pots and pans, and everything in between. Um, you know, stuff that I've used once or twice for these groups, and I'm unlikely to use them again, but it's there and it's available, and it's just nice to be able to plan with the chef of wherever you're going what to do. Uh, and, and I look at the clients that we're getting. Yes, they're paying a lot more than we you know we're able to pay but it's worth it it's fully catered you get up in the morning you have your pre-game drive snacks or breakfast or whatever it is then you're off to your game drive and when you come back breakfast is ready and waiting for you off to your room you can have your massages or whatever and knowing that breakfast is being cooked you know, nothing to worry about then lunchtime the same thing but here's the difference is it's not a set menu these places aren't going to allow that so we have to ask the clients what would you like at breakfast time what would you like for lunch just in terms of saving the products and stuff. if the non-kosher kitchens work slightly differently they take a whole lot of stuff out the freezer and if they don't use it today they'll use it tomorrow or or they'll use it next week, whatever it is. They've always got guests who are going to eat it. Whereas with the kosher meat, we've got to be a little more conservative because if you run out, you run out, you're done. There's nothing to go and fetch, you know, from the shop. I'm Adrian Bugatti, and you're listening to the Essen Fresen Show. Whether you are halishing for halas 
or wanting to buy or fine dine. This is Essen Fresen with Adrian Bugatti. It's all about the food. This is Adrian Bugatti and I'm talking about food for travel, um, how to pack and how to go on it. But I'm also talking about the luxuries um, traveling now where they do the kosher safaris and you can actually have a fully catered kosher travel. Um, it is, a, like I said, generally out of most South Africans' budget, but it's always nice to know how the other half live. Um, and it doesn't necessarily have to be a five-star place. If you're going to a self-catering lodge and you're able to afford to rent out an extra lodge or an extra room and take a mashkecha or a chef with you, um, what fun. Uh, it's been done um, a couple of years ago, just before COVID. Uh, we did, along with a chef, uh, with Chef Duron, myself, my son, we went with the family of 26 people for a week at, a, at self-catering chalets. And they had three meals a day, fully catered, never having to worry about, you know, what to do, what they're going to make when they get back from their game drive or anything like that. It's all ready and waiting. And I just wish that this was more available to the community. Um, for the moment, the pricing is out of our range. I think the most recent place I stayed at is 16,000 Rand per night per person sharing. So like I said, it's out of most South Africans' budgets. Um, we're going to have to look at uh, somehow bringing our, our costs of food and travel down. Um, things are getting more expensive. It's actually working out cheaper to fly to some of these places than to drive. The only catch is with these places is there are a very few where they actually have kosher kitchens. So there's uh, Two that are, as far as I know, there's definitely one under the Beth Den, and I think the other one is still under the Beth Den, but they have kosher kitchens on site, which means your mashkiach goes without needing to schlep a single thing with them. But then there's other places that we've done where they have what they call a kosher kit. So they've got two. One is the kosher kit for the mashkiach. That is a kosher kit that is padlocked or sealed in some way that cannot be opened or that you would be able to see if the lock has been tampered with. And for that, when the mashgach arrives, they unlock the padlock, they open the boxes and begin unpacking once they've cushioned the kitchen or the surfaces of where they're going to work. And then the chefs get to work on that. So much easier. The other method is um, your self-service or self-supervision, they call it. Um, this is a little bit more problematic for me, like in terms of the way my brain is thinking. But for people who want to keep kosher on holiday and are still like in the process, it is a great idea. Um, the catch comes is self-supervised kosher means that you've got to go have a look at all the products they're going to use to make your breakfast. Check your eggs before you go on your game drive and have everything ready and the stoves turned on so that the chefs can be cooking. Now, the chefs are going to be cooking in a kitchen without you. And 
Kashrut is not something that they come to naturally. It's something that they have to learn. And it doesn't matter how often they've done it. Mistakes are easy to make. Um, for most of us in our homes, we've seen it happen. You go to the sink, you put the teaspoon in the wrong one. But we're at home, we recognize it, we see it, and we know what to do. But the chefs in the kitchens aren't going to know what to do. And they might just wash it and then put it back in the tea, you know, on the milk side or, or whatever it is. And this is the reason that self-supervised kosher for me doesn't work. Um, while I can't afford my own services to go on a trip with me, I wouldn't want to do one of these trips without a mashkicha um, or with strict instructions that the chef may not begin cooking until I get back from the game tribe and then stand in the kitchen and watch. And that's not how you want your vacation to be. You want your vacation to be relaxing and enjoyable and have everything taken care of. And, and that's what the resorts are all starting to learn to do. They're learning to accommodate these guests. Um, so if you've got family and friends wanting to come over from, you know, overseas, wherever they are, you know, whether they're booking directly with a lodge or through a travel agent, check your availabilities. Make it a much nicer trip rather than a prepackaged dinner for an expensive luxury thing that none of you are going to enjoy into a fancy gourmet process, uh, gourmet dinner or gourmet meals, should I say, and, and enjoy the whole holiday. Make it a proper holiday. Is your shopping longer and your time shorter? Discom Delivered has you covered. From healthcare essentials to baby food and toiletries, whatever you need, Discom Delivered has you covered. Download the Discam app. It's easy to use and shop over 700 products at in-store prices that will make that will be delivered to you in 60 minutes. Now you can relax with Discam delivered as Discam delivers your essentials to you. It's that simple. Discam delivered from Discam to you. Pharmacies that care. Okay, so enough jealousy about the trips and things like that. Um, you know, one day we'll all be able to take these trips. I thought I'd share two very simple recipes with you for today. Um, they're some favorite one. One's, one is a new one that I've learned, um, an eggplant recipe that most people are not fond of eggplant or aubergine it's a very strong flavor we all know it as um you know the the what's it called we all know it as uh, baba ganoush or khatzilim but eggplant is a very versatile one and i felt like i said i learned a very new recipe and it's not even one that you have to write down it's that easy and all it is is to slice your um, brinjal or eggplant or aubergine whatever you want to call it into round discs make them even sized because otherwise you're going to take longer to cook them each of them if they're different sizes and then you soak it in milk now I did it as a dairy one but I can't see why you can't soak it in something like a soy milk or an old almond milk you soak it for about an hour and what the milk does is it removes the bitterness. Now, normally if you want to do that with an eggplant, you slice it, you salt it, 
you put it on a paper towel and you wait for it to sweat out all its um, products, all its uh, salts and the bitterness. So this one was much easier. I then took it out the milk, dipped it into semolina flour. Now I chose semolina flour because it gives a much crispier covering than plain flour, but plain flour works too. Season the flour with salt and pepper and I used a herb spice to put in to flavor it and it was delicious put it in to your flour now what i do with the flour so you you don't need to beat an egg or anything with this because you've had it in the milk you can now just dip it straight in and my easiest way and cleanest way to do that is by putting the flour into a ziploc bag your seasoned flour and then dropping a few pieces of your um, eggplant into that shaking them around so that it's really well coated take it out the plastic bag and put it on a plate ready for frying and then really superheat the oil i did not use a deep fryer i used a normal pan with just quite a lot of oil in and you deep fry until it's golden brown on both sides and it was amazing it's such an unusual way to do it it wasn't bitter the texture was beautiful it had that nice crunch and then the soft center from the brinjals being cooked nice and slow and the second recipe one of my favorites now that it's winter is goulash beef goulash is a great dish to serve on a cold winter month you know during winter it's fantastic it is not one of the recipes that i use often because it takes a long time but it works really well in a slow cooker so the recipe if you're not doing it in a slow cooker it takes about two and a half hours if you are in the slow cooker, it's a little bit longer because the slow cooker has to cook on hard for about four hours. The stovetop obviously is quicker, but it's some reason not as good. I like the slow cooking process that allows your meat to absorb the flavors really, really beautifully. You can obviously buy the goulash meat cut already. You don't have to worry about that. So here are the ingredients and I will make sure that this recipe is on the high fm website otherwise it will be on my website cutteringyourlife.co.za so there's two tablespoons of oil 750 grams of stewing meat cut into two and a half centimeter cubes half a teaspoon of salt three medium onions roughly chopped four cloves of garlic thinly sliced two tablespoons of paprika one and a half teaspoons caraway seeds one cup of dry red wine and you can use beef stock or chicken stock if you prefer it does change the taste I, I must admit i do prefer cooking with wine when it says wine um, just because of the flavoring that you get from the wine uh, a note about cooking with wine if it's not fit to drink it's not fit to cook with so choose a wine that you actually enjoy the taste of then three medium carrots cut peeled and sliced into five centimeter pieces a quarter of a cup of tomato paste, one cup of chicken stock, three medium potatoes peeled and grated, one cup of frozen peas thawed and drained, and then one cup of mayonnaise. If you're obviously not kosher, you can use sour cream or plain low-fat yogurt. Um, I just, the mayonnaise is the closer substitute. Your method is you're going to heat your oven to 180 degrees and you're going to heat the oil in an oven proof and fireproof pot and you work in batches you add the beef sprinkle the salt and pepper on it and then brown it on all sides 
you're going to take the meat out of the pot and put it to the side you're going to add your onions and your garlic to the pot with your carrots and reduce the heat you're going to saute your onions until lightly golden stir in your paprika and caraway seeds if you have um, they just add a nice tang to it and saute those for another minute you can then add your wine or your stock and turn up your heat and bring it to boil for about three minutes with the lid off stir in your carrots your tomato paste your stock and your beef and then bring it back to boil you can now cover it and transfer it to the oven and bake it until the beef is almost tender now this is a long time it's 75 minutes in your oven you take it out you stir in your potatoes you cover and you continue baking it for another 30 minutes then you're going to transfer it from the pot to uh, from the oven pot should i say back onto the stove and then add the peas rather in, at last you're going to cook it for another four minutes and it's time to stir in your mayonnaise or your cream your sour cream or your yogurt and serve it now if you're making this in the slow cooker a lot of the process is done i still advise browning your meat before putting it into the slow cooker just because it seals in the flavor and the moisture and it just makes it beautiful you're also going to reduce the amount of chicken stock that you're going to use in a slow cooker you want to reduce the stick chicken stock to about one cup maybe one and a half cups rather than the full liter that they ask for and you put it on either on auto or high for four minutes if you're doing it on auto remember that your auto setting is low for two hours and then high so you can do it for about three hours then it'll change that and it's beautifully served um i grew up having it served with um macaroni but it'll go great with any form of pasta or even rice as a topping just to flavor it and make it delicious and that's uh, my goulash recipe one more recipe that i want to share quickly with you is a beef risotto now my family loves risotto but i don't have the time to slowly stand over there and stir in the water every time it dries up and slow cook it and it takes quite a long time so i learned and it's not the right way to do risotto there is a difference to the rice and things like that is somebody once said but rice knows what its job is and it does so you could actually just put all your braising liquid into the pot and just regularly stir it until it's all cooked but the correct way to do it is to do a little bit of broth at a time so this recipe serves four to six people and your ingredients are 350 grams of minced meat one onion sliced two cloves of minced garlic one cup of white wine five tablespoons of chicken sorry five cups of chicken stock two cups of arab aborio rice or rosato rice whatever you want to call it 750 grams of diced butternut and 250 grams of sliced butter mushrooms a tablespoon of oil three tablespoons of margarine two table teaspoons of dried parsley or half a cup of fresh parsley and then two-thirds of a cup of grated parmesan which is optional um, if you'd like to try it and experiment a little bit you can now get 
a kosher vegan parmesan substitute that you can use on top. So our method is in a heavy pot, we're going to melt the margarine and oil together. Add your onions and garlic and saute them until lightly brown. Then you add the mince and brown it. Now be very careful that your pot is hot enough because if you add the mince and it's not hot enough, you're actually just going to boil it in the oil and it gets that gray color, not that beautiful rich brown. So that's an important thing. Cooking the rice should take about four to six minutes, depending on what kind of stove you've got. Then you're going to add your rice and fry for a couple more minutes. Add the cup of wine and bring it to boil. Then reduce it to the heat and simmer uncovered, stirring consist consistently sorry, um, until the liquid is mostly absorbed. Now, this is where the, the tedium comes in. Every time you add water, you've got to keep, or stock, should I say, you've got to keep stirring until most of the liquid is absorbed into the rice. And you're going to keep doing this. You're going to then add, after your first addition of the stock and that the stock has now um, been absorbed, you're going to add your butternut and another cup of stock. And once again, stir until the stock has been absorbed. And then add your mushrooms with another cup of liquid, stirring continuously so the rice doesn't stick. Your last, last um, cup of liquid stock is added once the last, you've added all your vegetables and that stock is gone. You can then take the pot off the stove, add your parsley and any Parmesan cheese that you're using. There you go. Quick, relatively easy recipe for risotto. Um, and I really like risotto. And if you want a really, really nice one, a cheesy tomato-y one, have a look at Gordon Ramsay's tomato and mushroom risotto. It is amazing. You're listening to Adrian Bugatti on the SM Fresen Show. If you have any suggestions, tips, or topics you'd like us to cover, please call us on, you can SMS us on 34519. SMSs are charged at 1 Rand 50. You can send a telegram message to 061-895-1019 or an email to onair at highfm.com. So enough recipes. Let's have a look at a few updates. Now, South Africa, I haven't been given any kosher updates at all from South Africa. Whether you are halishing for halas or wanting to braai or fine dine, this is Essen Fressen with Adrian Bugatti. It's all about the food. I'm Adrian Bugatti and this is the Essen Fressen show. So we're going to do some um, kosher updates. Uh, usually I do it from around the world, but unfortunately today it seems that we can only get from the American market. I haven't seen anywhere else. So the first one is the under OU is Zizi's soft baked bars they are all OU and dairy then the grape seltzer from Spritzly is also kosher under the Tonopol um, hasha I'm not sure who they are so please remember with all of these check with your rabbi that these are acceptable hashas for you then Odang vegan mayonnaise have got three new products there's red pepper mayonnaise, roasted garlic mayonnaise, and a cucumber dill mayonnaise. And from Morningstar Farms, this is something very interesting. Also in America, 
it is vegan pancake and sausage on a stick so when i was looking at the picture it kind of looks like um a sausage roll on a stick but it's a pancake and vegan sausage so that should be interesting and then from a company called epic culinary they've got a whole lot of fish or prepared fishes that are now kosher they are fresh fish there's barramundi which is a sea bass there's wild salmon whole wild salmon available there is also um, fresh breaded tilapia that's available some bronzia some cod and an arctic char salmon that are all prepared kosher and ready to use. Just want to remind people that if there is anything that you would like to talk about or you would like us to cover, please get hold of us. You can do SMS us or send a telegram. You have been listening to the Essen Freshen Show. I am Adrian Bugatti, your host. Have a wonderful Tuesday.